Chapter 12 of Mabel Ross, The Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 12 The Bad Heart. The day Mrs. Lemming had proposed to leave Chicago with her young charges came round, and so did the hour of parting between the sisters. Poor Minnie made her appearance at Mabel's looking pale and thin for she had been quite sick through the week which had passed since her conveying to her sisters tidings of the contemplated change. "'I've had such a disappointment,' she said, as she hung weeping on Mabel's neck. "'The only comfort I had in going is taken from me, Mabel.' "'Your only comfort, my darling? Try to find many, dear Minnie. Look for them, and you will have them.' but what is this only comfort you speak of? Minnie then explained that, learning from Mrs. Lemming she was to have a liberal supply of pocket money at command during her stay at the New York school, she had planned the sending of it in letters to Mabel. But Clara had that morning informed her of arrangements made by Mrs. Lemming through which she would only receive this money from the hands of the principal of the school, on stating the purpose she had for it. Clara had not left her in doubt as to the reason for this arrangement, since she plainly told her Mrs. Lemming chose that the money should be spent by Minnie herself on fancies, like the other girls, and not given away on any pretense whatever. "'Oh, Mabel, I feel this as you can't think,' said poor Minnie in conclusion. "'Hilda's been telling me how hard you find it to get along through your learning of the vest-making, "'even after selling your nice sofa and bureau. "'And I thought how pleasant it would be, every once in a while, to send you some money, when you'd been put back so. "'Poor child! I can understand your disappointment,' replied Mabel. "'But don't distress yourself. What is needful for us will come from some quarter.' God is not going to let us suffer, my sister. But I'm miserable to think, Mabel, that I'm having every comfort in life, while you and Hilda and dear little Lily are wanting so many things. Oh, Mabel, maybe you don't think it, but I'd rather have some wants and troubles like the rest of you. Then I'd not be reproaching myself as I do. Never reproach yourself, darling, for you are a kind, affectionate sister, and you have your own troubles too, Minnie, your troubles and your wants, as you have just proved to us. I should think so, indignantly put in Hilda. I should say, having a girl like that Clara Dean prying around and interfering in one's concerns was just about trouble enough for anyone. This is all her contriving, Mabel, and I told you how it would be when Minnie gave you that ten dollars. Mrs. Lemming would never have made such strict arrangements but for her interfering. Tell the truth now, Minnie. Isn't Clara at the bottom of it all? Mrs. Lemming is kind and good, replied Minnie, and I don't think, of her own accord, she'd keep me from doing what I please with the money. Of course not chimed in Hilda, but she's driven and followed up by Clara, till she's got to do just as she likes. I hate that girl. I just hate her. Hate no one, my sister, reproved Mabel. Remember the lessons taught us by dear mother. I'm sure you can't expect me to love her, petulantly returned Hilda. 
I'm sure no one could be better for loving such a girl as Clara Dean. Not for loving her ugly ways, certainly, Hilda, but for trying to love and pity the poor girl herself. Surely she is to be pitied for being so unhappy. Unhappy, Mabel, with every comfort and indulgence around her. Unhappy because she has a bad heart, Hilda. There is no surer source of unhappiness than a bad heart. Poverty's worse, returned Hilda, who was evidently in one of her less amiable moods. Poverty's the hardest, bitterest, most crushing unhappiness one can know. The sisters stood beside Lily's bed, Mabel with one arm around Minnie. She now put the other about Hilda. We all love each other, she said, and there are no bad hearts among us. Oh, be sure, Hilda, there is more to be thankful for in this than in the wealth of the world without it. There is no need to linger over the sad parting which soon followed on this little conversation. It came and passed, leaving each heart oppressed with the thought of the many months likely to intervene before a meeting should take place. The term of Mabel's apprenticeship to vest-making expired a few days after the leaving of Minnie, and she again resumed her home labors, having gotten a tolerably good supply of vests to work upon. For Hilda, she had lost her place at the store where she had worked by remaining at home to take care of Lily. Not more effectually was it lost to her through her three weeks' absence, however, than it would have been had she remained away but a day. The man who employed her, not permitting his sewing hands so much as this short absence from his working rooms. It now became necessary for Hilda to find a new place, as Mabel's occupation of the sewing machine did not permit her to continue homework. Mabel agreed that it would be well for her to spend a little time in seeking work that would compensate her somewhat better than she had previously had, and thus a day or two were lost to her. Upon the afternoon of the second day that had been thus fruitlessly spent, Hilda returned home yet more weary and dispirited than upon the first. "'Tomorrow finds me a place at any mean price!' she exclaimed, impatiently throwing off her hat as she seated herself beside Mabel. "'Oh, Mabel, Mabel, since sewing is a business, surely it ought to be possible to live by it.' "'Some do,' replied Mabel. "'But they are the few. Those so fortunate as to secure such a place as I once had, the many must nerve themselves for a hard struggle and a long one. And we are of the many, Mabel. Oh, if I only had your patience for this hard and long struggle—' For it is coming, Mabel. It is on us now. I was calculating closely after I went to bed last night, and even with your vest-making and my getting as much as fifty cents a day, as much as fifty cents, think of it, Mabel, fifty cents for ten hours close and steady work, and a poor girl glad to get it. Well, even with this fifty cents added to what you make, we shall have a hard, hard time to get along this winter, if we do get along. We shall get along, my sister, never fear. Think of the coal and the rent, Mabel. I do. As concerns the rent, there must be a change made. I was speaking to Mrs. Powers this morning about our rooms, proposing from next week, when our month is up, to retake one only. 
We cannot afford two rooms, Hilda, and I should not have kept them so long only on account of Lily. The doctor attaches so much importance to a good ventilation and to no overheating. But the season is now coming when a fire will need to be kept all the time. Therefore, it will make less difference to have the cooking and washing going on in the room with Lily. And which room will you keep, Mabel? Neither, my dear. Mrs. Powers objects to renting one without the other. She has always rented them best together. We will have to look elsewhere. While you are out for work tomorrow, you will make inquiry for a room that will suit us, and I can then go and engage it. I tell you, I shall have a search for it. Why, there's the greatest trouble to find a place of any sort in Chicago now, Mabel. I'm hearing about it all the time. I don't believe that even in such a place as Polk Street, you'll get a room for half what you pay for one of these. Perhaps not, Hilda. But you know we cannot keep one of these. Do your best, my sister. We have still nearly a week in which to make the change. End of chapter 12